0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Episode 3, Follow You Anywhere, and uh, it's a great day. It's uh, starting to not be so cold. Um, I don't know if it's going to get colder later in the week, but it is sunshine. It is warm outside. It feels good. I'm excited about it. It's a good time to live in Florida, and we're here. So, um, yeah, I just want to kick this off, this episode off with uh, a question for Jeremy here um, He has no idea What this question is And so This is uh, This is just You know This is just f- For fun So Would you rather be able To run at 100 miles per hour Or fly At 10 miles per hour Oh no I would definitely Rather be able to fly Okay Fly at 10 miles an hour Well yeah Okay Would you rather be An Olympic gold medalist Or an astronaut Hmm
1: I think I would rather be an astronaut. That's an Olympic gold
0: medalist. Oh, that, you're bending the rules here. Um, I think. I mean, I don't know. That's a tough one because if I not all astronauts get to go to space. So, I think I feel like that's I feel like that's the right thing because maybe you don't actually get the term astronaut unless you get to go to space, but. There's a lot of people that train to be astronauts that never get to go to space. So if I was guaranteed to go to space, I think I'd rather be an astronaut. Yeah, but technically
1: you could be an Olympic gold medalist on the Wii, and then you don't get anything. It's true.
0: But in this hypothetical question, you're an Olympic gold medalist. That you would definitely be if you could have run 100 well, You can't add
1: way. hypotheticals to a hypothetical question. That's true. That's true. That's true. That is true. What else you got? Are these questions Courtney sent you this morning? No. Oh,
0: okay. uh, these are Google questions. Would you rather be funny or clever? Oh, I'm both. Oh. No doubt. <laughs> and there we go. Would you rather lose your sight or your hearing? Um, I was going to say I'd rather
1: lose my taste and smell, but I've already, You've already done, done that. that. And But you survived. I did. It was terrible, though, wasn't it? It, it was terrible. And my taste still isn't quite normal, but it might have worked out better for me because i actually eat some vegetables now Mm, that's good i used to be just a
0: meat and potatoes kind of guy but i've started eating vegetables here's a random question off the wall that was not on my list if you were a potato how would you be cooked i'd be fried you'd be fried oh no like a french fry uh no like
1: fried taters Mm. with bacon and cheese on top i mean if i'm gonna
0: be a potato at least bless somebody Hey, French fries are... That's a true blessing right there, you know. I The Lord says you can't live on bread alone, but whoo, French fries, goodness. Ha, that's a blessing from the Lord, especially if you get it from Chick-fil-A, because that's the Lord's chicken and the Lord's fries. But anyway, last question. Um, would you rather have invisibility or flight?
1: Ooh, now that one's a tough one.
0: Because mm, you'd rather fly than run fast. Yeah. But would you rather be invisible or would you rather fly.
1: I think I'd still rather fly. Mm. Man, if you could fly, you could go anywhere. It's true. It might take you a really if, long time. If you time. <laughs> only fly 10 miles an hour,
0: though, it <laughs> might take you a really long time. But that's, that's pretty, you know, but you could also avoid traffic and those types of things. The real question would be if you could fly, if you could bring people with you, though, you know, like, if you could fly, do you have to carry them with you? Or I don't know. So, anyway, but yeah, those are just some uh, fun questions off the wall. Um, you know, just a little get to know your pastor there. Or um, if you don't go to our church, get to know Jeremy a little bit. And I guess a peek into my thoughts on that as well. So, um, that's what, a
1: really weird way to get to know somebody. Hey, that, that's some really strange questions. Like, if you are in the dating season of your life and you're going out on a first date, I, I mean, there's some questions that I would recommend asking to get to know someone. But what, Th- none of those would be on the list. Come
0: on, what potato would you be? Has got to be on the
1: list. No, it's got to. They can't be on the list. It's got to be. You're not getting a second date if you ask them if they'd rather be fried or baked as a potato. They're not dating you again. But
0: what if you? But 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 what if you both are like French fries? And then it's just like a match made match made in heaven, well, it'd
1: actually be a match made in the oven or in the frying pan frying yeah, I yeah.
0: guess in the grease, hey, anyway, i don't know so <laughs> but you know th- those are my church those are my church youth group questions um for you The they get to know icebreaker questions i don't know, I just thought it'd be fun to throw something on you randomly, so um but um but more importantly um you know so we we talked about a little bit about what we're going to be exploring but I just have to say i mean especially if you're listening to this episode as it comes out this past weekend at church for us was just another great weekend we saw God move um uh, super exciting to to continue to be a part of that continue to see that um it's just more fruit of um Seeing us follow him and seeing what he's doing, and not because of anything that we're doing, but just the fact that we get to be a part of it and get to see another salvation, more people joining the church and just um just really cool to see I'm excited about that it's always uh you know it says that the Bible says that there's a joyous celebration when the lost are found and 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 I'm excited to continue to see that. Um, week in and week out. And uh, and so it's just really exciting and encouraging.
1: Yeah, so. and several new first-time visitors. Yeah. I mean, it's always great to see as well. I mean, that's our goal is to reach as many people as we can. And so the more people that we can get, in the doors, the more people that are going to hear the gospel, and the more people hear the gospel, the more people get saved. That's just how it works. Yeah, absolutely. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, so preach it.
0: Absolutely. Get them in there to hear it, and then preach it. Absolutely. And and another way that you can help us with that is uh, if you share the podcast, if you like what you hear, if you like what we're talking about, share it. There's going to be some episodes that probably pertain to you a little bit more than others, Um, and especially as we get into more specific topics that we've got planned you know, coming on down the road on, you know, like parenting and dating and marriage and stuff like that and so you know but they're all applicable you know they're all going to be able to to fit into your life somehow because at some point in time you're probably going to encounter those stages of life and so um, but you can share the podcast uh, invite your friends to join us as we talk about it and hopefully if they're local they'll come join us on a Sunday morning but anyway enough of that Talk to us about what we're doing today, and, uh, and and let's just dive right into it.
1: Yeah, so we're going to talk about some of our favorite faith stories, some of our favorite biblical characters that did exactly what we're talking about doing and, and that we've experienced that ha- said, hey, we're willing to follow God wherever He leads. We're willing to follow God anywhere, and I know we were supposed to pick one, but Hey, I'm a preacher and so it's hard to pick just one Bible story. And plus So you cheated. I mean, you got the Old Testament and the New Testament. I, I hate to uh pick one and not the other. I mean, we're in the new covenant of grace and you know, it's a different dispensation and all that good stuff. And, you know, we got into that discussion in our life group. Did you see that we missed that? No, I didn't. Yeah, they were talking about the different dispensations, mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh, well, We missed an interesting a discussion. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> we had to be at a uh, at our Discover Emmanuel class, uh, so we missed that life group. But. Yeah.
1: But uh, New Testament, Old Testament, so I've got one of each, all right? Okay. Uh, so we'll start make, off with Old Testament. Trying me look bad, it's okay. No, yeah. no, 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 it's uh, it's good, because I know you're coming straight from the Old Testament. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I've got an Old Testament one as well, and so I didn't want to leave out the New Testament because, hey, we're all about grace. Yeah. Right? Grace and forgiveness and Christ has come. We're not waiting on the Messiah. That's right. We're looking back at the one that came, lived, died, and rose again. And so we got to have something from the New Testament, but we'll start off with the Old Testament. So Nehemiah, I, uh, I love the story of Nehemiah and Nehemiah followed God uh, and, and did as God called him to do. And hey, it was a big task. It was a big challenge. By the way, uh, Sunday, I talked about names for a baby. Right, you're having a baby boy,
0: Amphipolis, I definitely wouldn't go with that one. Yeah, but no.
1: Nehemiah is not a bad name. What do you think about Nehemiah?
0: I don't think it's rolling off the tongue too easily for, for us. Uh Nehemiah Theodos is a mouthful. Oh man, um, that sounds beautiful. Sounds straight out of the Bible is what it does. <laughs> but um, you know. Uh, Nehemiah Theodos. Yeah. I don't I don't know.
1: If you like Nehemiah Theodos, go ahead and send us a message
0: and tell us that that's what Cam needs to name his baby boy. Please don't do that. <laughs> I don't know if you heard me on Sunday, but I stood up and said no from the the back of the room when you tried to throw that name out there. Hey, you
1: know, I got a text from somebody that said if you called your son Amphipolis, you could give him the nickname Amp. And that would go good with music.
0: Oh, yeah. That's no, not, not,
1: not. <laughs> not happening. There's some other names that you could give him that Cam could Junior. also have the nickname Amp, really, if you wanted to give him that nickname. Sure. Amphipolis probably ain't the way to go. But yeah. anyway, Nehemiah, man, he had faith in God to do what God had called him to do. We know the story. I mean, Nehemiah is heartbroken when he realizes that the the wall has been broken down and the gates are, that were burned with fire. And he goes to the Lord and he just cries out to God. And God says, yeah, I want you to rebuild it. I want you to restore it. And uh, I'm going to give you the tools and resources you need. But God allowed Nehemiah to be used in that task. God didn't just say, Hey, this is what's going to happen. And this is what I'm going to do. He said, this is what I'm going to do through you. And and I love that because when you think about the follow God anywhere stories, that's what it's about, right? We want to see what God can do, but it's not just that we want to see what God can do, we want to see what God can do through us. Yeah. And and that's why I love these stories of these characters in the Bible that followed God wherever He led, because in following Him, they were able to be used by God in a mighty way. And, and God could use whoever He wants, but when we're willing to follow Him, He uses us. And I love that. I love that we get to be a part of what God's doing because it's it's ultimately all about him, right? We give him the glory for everything that he does. But, uh, man, it's really cool to be a part of it. And so Nehemiah, he he followed God. And uh, I love the story of Neo, Nehemiah because Nehemiah was a great leader, and we learn a lot of leadership principles in the story of Nehemiah. Uh, but we also learn about the importance of following God even when others are speaking against it, like being bold in your faith to the extent that even when people are speaking against what you're doing or they're criticizing or they're doubting or they're skeptical, when you know that God's calling you to do something, do it. You know, when you know that God's leading you in a certain direction Man, be willing to follow him, even when it's not the popular thing to do. Even when the the world or the culture looks at it and says, man, that's crazy. You know, don't do that. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, you really believe that this is going to work? Well, I believe that God's called me to do this, and so I'm willing to do it. And Nehemiah had major critics, right? He had people that didn't want to support him in what God had called him to do. They didn't want to participate. Uh, They wanted to mock him. Uh, As a matter of fact, you've got in Nehemiah chapter 4, remember what Tobiah said whenever he said, if you actually build the wall, do you remember that? You, You don't remember that part of the story? Tobiah said, hey, look, whatever you build, even if a fox goes up on it, he's going to break down the wall. So a little bitty fox, if he goes up on this wall, you know, you you might build it, but he's going to destroy it. And uh, I I love that Nehemiah didn't let his critics keep him from doing what God had called him to do. And there's a point in the end of the story where, man, there's, there's a celebration taking place on top of the wall. And it's almost like, God saying and, and Nehemiah saying, hey, you doubted and you questioned, you criticized, but look at us now, yeah. you know, look at what God can do through us if we're willing to follow him. And it wasn't just that they built the wall, like, I mean, the timing that it took for them to build the wall, I mean, they did it in record time and you know how long it took?
0: Well, if it had anything to do with like our bridge or anything like that being out, it'd probably take like a year and a half. 52 days. 52 days. Wow. Like,
1: that's quick. Yeah. And, take notes. Uh, we need to get some people yeah, out here taking that's notes. Right, that's right. That's right. 52 days, and Nehemiah leads all of these individuals in this task of rebuilding the wall And then they have a celebration on top of the wall, like saying, look at us now. Right. You know, it's kind of like I was thinking about somebody in our current world that we live in. Don't do it. A a Nehemiah. Don't do it. Of this day. He's going to do it. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, he's going to do it. Tom Brady. (laughs) Is Tom Brady not a perfect picture of
0: Nehemiah? Yeah, maybe. (laughs) I don't know if he loved Jesus. Yeah, I
1: I, I, I don't know if he followed God to Tampa Bay, but man, he
0: sure silenced the critics, didn't he? That, That aspect... 100%. 100%. He yes. had some critics Absolutely. and some
1: haters and some doubters and some skeptics. They said, you're too old. You can't do it anymore. You don't have the, the support. You don't have the coach. You you don't have what it takes. Yeah. You're not going to get it done. And, boy, did he get
0: it done. Yeah, he proved them wrong in that aspect yeah. for sure.
1: Definitely, definitely destroyed those Chiefs. Sorry to all the Chiefs fans. Mm. I mean, I've I got a lot of friends and family that were cheering for the Chiefs, and it was a tough night for them. It was. But he uh he silenced the critics. And I I saw him celebrating, but I don't know if he was giving God glory in his celebration. I I think it was a little different than the, the celebration we see in Nehemiah chapter twelve. But uh there, there was some celebrating and some silencing of the critics. But I love that about Nehemiah. He was you know, he was bold and he did what God said that he was supposed to do. He trusted in God to give him the power, of course, going to God and praying and asking God for the strength and power to do what God had called him to do. And and then he did it regardless of the opposition, regardless of the criticism, regardless of what the haters were saying. He said, I'm going to continue to do what God's called me to do. And he led the people. They rebuilt the wall. They celebrated for what God had done. But the story didn't end there. Because what happened? They rebuilt the wall, and Nehemiah, even though the wall is rebuilt, he comes back and he finds that the wall was strong. So he leaves and he comes back. And when he comes back, he finds that the wall was strong, but now the people were weak. So like all this stuff that God does and... Nehemiah's willingness to follow God wherever God leads and and to be used by God. And then this great time of celebration, celebrating all that God did in, in and through Nehemiah and the people, and then Nehemiah sees the people acting like fools, and he comes back, and he takes care of some business. And I like that uh, because uh, not only was his faith bold to do what God called him to do, but he was also someone that was willing to confront sin and call people out for not doing what they're supposed to do. And uh, (laughs) uh, you just have to read the story in Nehemiah chapter 13. He comes in and starts slapping people around and throwing stuff out (laughs) and, uh, uh, he was willing to confront the the sin yeah. uh, that needed to be confronted and And I like that boldness. I like that, uh, that that attitude and uh, not backing down from yeah. people that aren't doing what they're supposed to do. Not backing down from the critics, not backing down from standing firm in in the faith and and standing against sin and complacency. And just being willing to go the extra mile, so to speak, to do all that God had led him to do. So Nehemiah. Yeah. That's my guy.
0: Yeah. Hey, no, that's great. Um yeah, I think um, you know, some of the points that you threw out there, um, what he what he went through and what he faced are some things that when we face them in the in, in modern day, um, are really really difficult and really easy to you know run away from and really easy to to not want to uh to be a part of i mean most people don't want critics most people don't want people coming after them most people don't want to have you know um doubters or haters and um they kind of avoid that and when those come they do whatever they can to get away from it um unless their first name's Tom and their last name's Brady. And then I think they like having the critics. Yeah, it yeah. like
1: just adds fuel to their fire. Yeah, that's probably true. That dude's gonna be playing in a wheelchair someday. Probably. Probably so. I said that about Brett Favre too, and he
0: eventually retired. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. I don't think he took as good a care of his body as Tom Brady does. No. Nah. So but um but yeah. Brady's yeah. gonna be playing when he's fifty. If he can, yeah and this is coming from a Peyton Manning fan.
1: Like I've never been a Brady fan, but that dude's just proving people wrong right and left.
0: Yeah. I mean, like he's him or spectacular. Him, he is the greatest of all time. Yeah. You can't argue that. Yeah. No, I don't think that there I don't think there's anyone that's willing to do that. I I, I was happy to see him win and and to to prove the the doubters wrong. I, I think that he had already proven them wrong by just making it to the Super Bowl. Um but he you know, I, I think Thought, I don't know where I stand anymore. I haven't really put much thought into it. I I was kind of hoping Mahomes would win because then we could maybe see the next generational Tom Brady coming along because it's not every day that you get, you know, a Tom Brady caliber player. Uh, He's a, like, once-in-a-lifetime talent, but maybe, you know, maybe, just maybe we might have a little razzle dazzle with Mahomes but we'll see what happens in the future
1: did, but, did you see where sports center gave him
0: a top 100 plays of all time on one of his incomplete passes the one that's ver- <laughs> I mean that's I mean that's absolutely like Tom Brady doesn't make that throw Tom Brady's the best quarterback of all time but doesn't make that throw like there's just Mahomes was like living in the matrix in that in that moment like absolutely incredible I think I don't I don't know if this is right or not but I know he played basketball Maybe he played baseball because it was very much a baseball like diving kind of, you know, I don't know. But it was incredible. And if only they would have caught it, it would have been just absolutely spectacular. But, you know, it would have been all for naught anyway because they were never going to win that game.
1: To be fair, if I just keep on throwing a bunch of random passes up, eventually I'm going to have one that looks good.
0: Okay. (laughs) 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 Anyway. (laughs) No, no, it was impressive. Nah, yeah, it was no, impressive. Yeah. I'm just kidding. He was running for his life the entire game, though. So, he was. Yeah, he so. did
1: throw a lot of passes up oh, like
0: that. He did. He did. <laughs> um, but so anyway, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, like you uh, said earlier, I'm I'm staying in the Old Testament as well for, for my story. And um, mine um, comes in 2 Chronicles with uh, King Jehoshaphat and, uh, you know... <laughs> Every time I read his name, I want to say Fat, like and I, I don't know why, but that's oh, just like Oh, you're emphasis, leaning towards
1: Jehoshaphat for you know, the... Just
0: on the ending, you know, the extra emphasis yeah, on Yeah,
1: you're leaning towards fat. it. Yeah, I can see it in your eyes. You and Courtney going with Jehoshaphat?
0: No, no. With the nickname Fat? No, no. <laughs> hey, Fat, come here. No, 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 that's not happening. Uh, Drink your bottle, Fat. That's right. Uh, but so anyway, so yeah, my mine comes from Second Chronicles, and uh, it's in chapter twenty, and, uh, and and basically the the story is Jeho- Jehoshaphat is the king, and um, he has a, a group of surrounding um, people that are coming to wage war against Jehoshaphat and the tribe of Judah, and uh, the the people that find out about this, um, this attack that is coming, they, they run to Jehoshaphat and they, they say a a vast number is they're coming and, and, and they're coming to kill. They're not coming to throw a party. They're not coming to hang out. They're coming to destroy us. And so there's this fear and there is this, um, you know, the, this group of people looking to their king saying, you know, what are we going to do? And I love the response um, because I think it's a great response and a great picture of how we respond to anything. But but especially how we respond to, like, doom that's coming, you know. Uh, and what he does is um, he, he goes and stands in the, the center of the assembly of Judah in Jerusalem in the Lord's temple and he prays. And he begins to pray to the lord and and this is in verse five, and it goes down and and basically he he says, "You know, Lord, you are the one that's in control, and you're the one that delivered us and our people um out of egypt, and when when we were when we were delivered." You could have sent us into these lands, and and we could have destroyed these people, but we didn't, and you didn't do that. You led us to a different place, to a place of refuge, and this is how they repay us, by coming coming to destroy us? Like, what that doesn't make any sense. And what are we going to do? Basically, we can't fight them. But no matter what comes, I love this in verse nine, he says, if disaster comes on us, sword, sword, sword or judgment, uh, pestilence or famine, we will stand before this temple and before you for your name is in this temple. We will cry out to you because of our distress and you will hear and deliver. And so he's kind of, kind of, sort of speaking a prophetic word over what they're going to do and what God's response will be because what they do is is they they all get together. And I love this. It says that that a man from every tribe, uh, every city of the tribe of Judah comes and they pray. And so they get together. And so he the king is praying and then they all get together with a representative and a multitude of people coming together in unity, lifting up a prayer, saying, God, we're desperate for you. We need you. And God responds. And God responds by um, speaking through an individual there. And this is what he says. He says, Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast number, for the battle is not yours, but God. Tomorrow, go down against them. You will see them coming up, and you will find them at the end of the valley, facing the wilderness of Jerul. You do not have to fight this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, because He is with you. Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid or discouraged. Tomorrow, go out to face them, for the Lord is with you. Then Jehoshaphat knelt low with his face to the ground, and all Judah, inhabitants of Jerusalem, fell down before the Lord and worshiped Him. And I just think that, like, that is just a huge such just like an awe-inspiring moment. But the story doesn't end there, but I, I want to stop there for a second and I want to focus on that because that's a that's a response for us to imitate, for us to follow, to fall before the king, not Jehoshaphat, but to fall before the king and even to see the ruler of these people falling before the ruler of the people, you know, falling down before the Lord and worshiping him, believing that what he says is going to be true. And I feel like that's a response for us because we have the word of God and we see and we know the story. But I think a lot of times we don't live out the story. We don't live knowing that the victory has come. We don't live knowing that, you know, Christ has come, salvation is here, and our hope has already arrived and been here. And so sometimes we live as as we're in bondage. Sometimes we live as we're suffering and as we're broken and we're in despair, not believing that the word of the Lord is true. And so this is a picture for us to to hold on to, to grasp that the word of the Lord is true and that we got to believe that what he says will come to pass. And that's what they do in this moment. And then they worship him through that. But the rest of the story still comes along is they still have to follow him. And the following him part then becomes pretty challenging because it's challenging to believe that he's going to do um, what he says he's going to do when you're in the thick of the moment but it gets even thicker and even harder when what he says to do is hey show up to the battlefield but don't fight that's a pretty big follow that's a pretty big like god all right like we're gonna literally walk out here we're gonna follow you and if you get sick or, you know, you get stuck at the red light and you don't make it here on time. We're going to die. like. And so the thing is, is the faith that it takes, you know, for God to show up is still, you know, still has to be there. And that's what they do. The next morning they get up, they make their way to the battlefield. And I love this as a worship pastor, as a worship leader. I love this because Jehoshaphat gets up and he says, this is what we're going to do. Um, we're going to believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe in the prophets, and you will succeed. Then he consulted with the people and appointed some to sing for the Lord, and some to praise the splendor of his holiness. So we're going to sing, and we're going to praise his holiness. When they were out in front of the armed forces, they kept singing, Give thanks to the Lord, for his faithful love endures forever. And then this is the big kicker, as a worship pastor anyway. The moment they began their shouts and their praises. The Lord set an ambush against the Ammonites, the Moabites, and the inhabitants of Mount Seir who came to fight against Judah, and they were defeated. So literally, they wake up the next morning having been told what God's gonna do. They still have to put on their boots. They still have to put on their armor. They still have to follow him into battle. And in doing so, they begin to praise and trust and have faith and begin to worship Him, His holiness and His splendor, saying His faithfulness is going to get us through that. And the moment that they start to do that, like this is one of those things where I go, you can't say that there's not power in worship because the moment, like that's written in every, in every, um, what are these called? Uh, In uh, every version, every translation. Yeah, (laughs) every translation that I have read and that I have found it all they they say that it's written in there for a reason the moment that they began to worship God moved and so that is just another thing for us to hold on to there's power in our worship there's power in our praise um we got to believe what he says he's going to do and then we got to live it out and we got to follow him into the battles we got to follow him into where he's leading us and in doing so worshiping him and praising him and we're going to see him move and and um and then to, to, to wrap it up, basically what happened was is they were completely defeated. They just stood over. The, the enemy was completely defeated. The tribe of Judah in Jerusalem was able to stand and watch them be defeated to where there were no survivors. So then they're able to go out. They're able to gather supplies and gather weaponry and all the things that are now left on the battlefield. They're able to get all this stuff. But the coolest part is the word spread that they didn't fight. The word spread that the Lord had protected them. And so as that began to spread across the countryside, all these other people basically were like, hey, no way we're messing with them, you know? And so not only did the Lord provide provision and protection and, and prosperity for them in that moment— he began to set this motion forward where people knew that this was, these were God's people. And if we mess with them, we're messing with God and they didn't even fight and they all died. And so like, we're we're not messing with them. And so I just think it's super cool that, you know, more than likely in your lifetime, God's not going to call you to a physical battlefield where you're standing out overlooking, you know, this three different armies that are coming to crush you and your family. Um, but there will be moments where Satan attacks and there will be moments where it feels like a battlefield and there will be moments where you lose your job or your moments where there's a death or whatever it may be and, and the the weight of the world is heavy and and it's real. But the truth is, is that the word of the Lord is true and the provision is there and when you live that out and when you hold on to that and you're still willing to follow him, and you're still willing to praise him through that, you see him do some really cool things, and uh, and so that's that's my favorite "Follow You Anywhere" story um, because it's got a lot of it mixed in. It's got prayer mixed in there. It's got battle mixed in there. It's got worship mixed in there, and then it's got like standing provision mixed in there. And you know, I think that if I can live with those things, that I'm doing I'm doing pretty good. So um, I'm gonna go with uh, Jehoshaphat, Jerusalem and uh tribe of judah and that bunch not having to fight and watching the lord do the miracle and just getting to sing and praise i kind of feel like that on sunday mornings you know standing up on the on the platform where not that the congregation, congregation is coming against not you not to the, destroy you no, 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 is, is that what we're going no, with but <laughs> that the congregation is out there and they're they're fighting spiritual battles you know ah, okay, and, and we're right. overlooking So they're watching. fighting with you yes. not against
1: you okay right
0: we're all fighting but f- from a worship leader perspective you know like we're all experiencing people on the platform they they're going through life just the same way as people in the congregation but but our goal is that as we're worshiping that they're coming alongside us and so we're kind of for us, we're kind of looking out into the congregation and seeing hypothetically the battles that they're fighting and seeing God move in their lives while they worship. And so that's kind of how I'll, you know, take that and hold on to that and, and pray that as we're worshiping that, that God does that, that the moment we start worshiping chains begin to break. And, and so, yeah. Worship leader plug. That's
1: good stuff. <laughs> and, uh, several songs going through my head right now. Yeah. Right. Uh, I'm going to see a victory. Yep. That's a big one. Yeah. And uh, that's uh, very applicable to that story. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, this is how I fight my battles. Mm-hmm. What's the,
1: What's the name of that song? Is that the name of the song? This is how
0: I fight my battles? I believe it's called Surrounded. Surrounded. Okay. But it also might be, this is how I fight my battles, parentheses, surrounded. I got you. Okay. Everyone calls it. Everyone, you say this. How find battles? Everyone knows. Yeah, there was
1: another saying. one that I just heard recently, a newer one that it was uh, kind of the correlation between fighting battles and worshiping, and the victory being the Lord's. It wasn't victory in Jesus, but that's a good mm-hmm. one too.
0: Yeah, I don't know. You don't know. I'm, I probably do, but I'm 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 trying to think.
1: You're the worship pastor. You're supposed to know every song ever. that's out
0: yeah. ever yeah. that's
1: ever been sung. Yeah,
0: I do. I'm just. Um, By memory. Yeah. I and know it. how to sing every one of them. I got too. it. Yeah. Um, it's uh, this little. I don't know. <laughs> That's not it. Wrong song. Oh, wrong. Okay. Let me go back into the dialing in the catalog here. I'm thinking, 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 thinking. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Time's up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Sound the Jeopardy buzzer. All right. All right. Yeah.
0: All right. That was wow. terrible. <laughs> right. What is that? Like, I
1: have no idea what that is. I was telling- singing more of the. <laughs> Jeopardy.
0: Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, it is. But when they get it wrong, it goes doo doop. Or uh, yeah. I don't I don't know what the noise is. I haven't watched Jeopardy R.I.P.
1: Well, let's go ahead and jump into the New Testament story. We've given the old testament some love, two good stories, which by the way, um a common theme in trusting God is going to him in prayer. Yeah. Right. The first thing that Nehemiah did. Pray. It was the same thing. He he prayed. And how can you follow God where he's leading if you don't have a relationship with him? Exactly. And how can you have a relationship with somebody that you're not willing to communicate with? Yeah. That'd be hard to do.
0: hmm
1: Like, to be married to somebody and not ever talk to him. That'd be kind of weird. That, See?
0: Yeah, but that's why you got to ask them what type of potato they want to be.
1: <laughs> Having those random conversations, just get to know each other better. Uh, but yeah, communication is key there. Well, New Testament, follow you anywhere story. Who do you think I'm going with? Jesus. Jesus. That's always the answer. Uh, no, I'm not going with Jesus, actually. But Jesus <laughs> did follow God the Father. It's true. To earth, then to the cross, and then to the grave and then back into heaven. That is the gospel.
0: From the yeah, that's right.
1: Jesus Sing God. it. There you go. Yeah. See, Is that the uh, one you're talking about? Lord, I lift your name on high? Yeah. No, that's not um, it. Okay. Uh, I've got to go with the Apostle Paul. Okay. Man, the Apostle Paul, that dude, if there was ever somebody that followed God literally anywhere, through anything, over and over again, it's got to be the Apostle Paul. And I appreciate so much about the Apostle Paul. Uh, for one, I mean, I'd love to be a world traveler. Like that dude
0: traveled quite a bit. He got the Delta Sky Miles, the AA Advantage Miles, the the donkey miles. I mean, the camel <laughs> every miles. airline
1: mileage he could get. Got him. He got him. If he had a plane, but yeah. they didn't have planes back then. But yeah, you know, he. I mean, he was a world traveler. He was. He, he would have been uh at the top
0: of their email list. I bet he had some type of like boat miles, some kind of reward program. Ship miles, ship miles. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, he, he had a lot of he had a lot of walking miles too.
1: Oh, he had some walking miles. Some walking miles. He had uh, some good tennis shoes. Uh, yeah, he just traveled everywhere. And I'd love to be a world traveler. Um other than not having the time or the money and having a lot of responsibilities here, if it weren't for those things which are like huge obstacles nah, i mean
0: yeah i mean yeah, uh,
1: like the three things that you need to sure. not have yeah. uh you would need to have plenty of money and plenty of time and not a lot of responsibilities but if it weren't for those three things i'd love to travel the world i mean i just always like seeing the world um and uh somewhat of a uh, tourist, I, I would say. I mean, obviously, when you go on mission trips, the the main thing is to get the gospel out. That's why you're going. And right. so I'm not just going to see the, the environment that yeah. I'm going to. But, man, it's cool to see different stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's cool to see different parts of the world. Try different food. Uh, try different food. Don't uh, drink the water. Don't drink the water. Ever. Ever. Bottled water wherever you go. Yeah. Especially when you're going in the 1040 window.
0: and then Because they do not have good water there. Yeah. And then if you're going to Europe, you say, like, no gas or whatever it is because you don't want bubbly water. You just want regular water. Something along the lines of that. I'm just looking for sealed bottled water. That's all there is yeah, to Yeah, but if you go there, they're going to give you sealed bottled water that's got bubbles in it. It's going to be carbonated. Oh, uh, that's gonna, nasty. Yeah.
1: But if you don't know that, I you're going to get can't do carbonated it like, water.
0: Oh, snap. It's bubbly. Uh but, uh, you know, I don't like
1: that part of traveling. But I do love Topo-shiko? seeing different places, yeah. uh, seeing different environments. Before I go any farther, let me just ask you, number one place that you want to see that you haven't seen yet?
0: Hmm. Number um, one
1: destination?
0: So my family's from Greece. Don't say Disney World. Yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> my family's from Greece. Um, I, they're from the island of uh, Medellini. And so I would love to go to Greece um, and experience the mainlands, and also go to the island of Medellini and see family and that kind of thing Um, because they're still there. Uh, They don't know me, and I don't know them, but I would like to see that. I think that would be cool. So, yeah, probably Greece. Mm. There's no way I can narrow it down to one. Yeah, I mean, that was just on a – you asked me on the spot, so that's why I was like, yeah, let's go there. There's plenty of other places I want to go just for funsies. But I also think, I mean – like I definitely want to go to like Israel, you know, yeah, that would be really cool, like on like a Greece is more of just like a family journey historical I mean obviously there's biblical context there as well, yeah, but like that would be definitely just more for personal, but there's also there's also a pretty big missional need um there and and but um. Yeah, going to Israel would be more on a spiritual level. I think that would be really cool, Israel and Egypt and stuff like that. Man, you're so
1: spiritual. My top three are Fiji, Bora
0: Bora, (laughs) and
1: last but not least... Jamaica.
0: The Great Barrier Reef. Ooh, can I go? Can we Dude, go? Can you take me? I've got to see it. I, let's go.
1: I, I mean, I love to snorkel. Right? Now,
0: I know. we wish still, we still got to go snorkel. Yeah, we, we got to go yet. to the
1: place. i got to show it to you. And it's right around the corner. And the water's not going to be brown this time.
0: That's right. Because we're not ever having a hurricane again. Although I did see on Facebook that we're 199 days now away from hurricane season.
1: Goodness gracious. I
0: feel like we just got out of hurricane season. We
1: just got out of it. And we're, mm. we're such newbies. We're such Florida newbies. I know it we're going to go, and uh, you're going to see the uh, the beauty of the snorkeling spot, but yeah. anyway, Paul was a traveler. I mean he <laughs> traveled Asia Minor and Europe more than probably anybody in that day and age and if you don 't understand the significance of his willingness to follow God anywhere you 've got to pull up a map and and just look at his missionary journey—it's ridiculous. Like he just—he literally zigzagged. He basically went all the way around the whole Mediterranean Sea yeah. and then back again. Yeah, and then to Rome. Like that dude was a straight-up traveler. It'd be like so. Just to to give you a picture uh to, to help you understand, it would be like us going from Pensacola to Canada and back. Walking—that's a, that, a long way to travel. On a donkey. That's right. They didn't have on a it. camel.
0: They didn't have airplanes. So, um, and and also not just like one trip, but like going, stopping, staying. That's right. Working, going, stopping, staying, working. I mean, evangelizing, just
1: straight up traveling and sharing the gospel. An audacious faith to do whatever God wanted him to do. No matter the cost yep. Like you just think about You know How it started It started Right He's on his way to Damascus To do what? To kill He's gonna kill people The church yep. Like to persecute and, and potentially kill Christians And of course You know the story He has an encounter With the Lord
0: Blinded by the light
1: That's not That song That's, that, that's, a, that's not that's what it comes from That's terrible. not it No <laughs> Uh, you can't sing that. That's not, we're not singing that on Sunday, ever, okay? That's not a Christian song, I but he like, was
0: blinded by the light. I, was, I just, it just is one, of, is, I don't know. I don't even know the whole song. I just know that part, and it popped into my head. But he was blinded by the he light. He was. Yeah, he was.
1: and he was forever changed. That's right. He saw clearer after he was blinded by the light than he had ever seen before. Think about that for a minute. Sometimes it's not just the physical eyesight. That's right. There's the spiritual yeah. eyesight that you need that's even more important. Kind of like the whole spiritual needs are greater than physical needs. Mm-hmm. Always the greatest need, a spiritual one. But anyway, so Paul responds and he decides to follow Jesus right then and there. And literally from that point forward, he followed God anywhere and everywhere. (laughs) And And, and so he starts off on his first missionary journey, him and Barnabas, they leave the church at Antioch in Syria and they're evangelizing and they're preaching the gospel first to the Jews. They reject it. Then to the Gentiles. And I mean, like dude is facing opposition. Talk about criticism. Talk about skeptics. Talk about standing bold in the face of opposition I mean, that dude is facing persecution and opposition everywhere he goes. In one city, he was stoned and left for dead, but God spares him. And then he talks about all the trials and the beatings and the imprisonments, and he's like, but so what? I'm just going to
0: keep preaching Christ. Yeah, he also had, like... The travel points, he also had rewards points, like hotel points, but with the prison system. That's right, yeah. He had a standing reservation. That's
1: right. I mean, constantly getting thrown into prison, constantly getting beat up, constantly being stoned. I mean, just like going through everything because he knew the importance of sharing the gospel. And then second missionary journey, he asked Barnabas to join him. To, to go back and revisit the churches on their first missionary journey, and there's a disagreement not only with the people that are opposing him, the people that are clearly against him, but now even internally, the people that yep. he's working with, but he doesn't let him discourage he doesn't let it discourage him, yep. he just keeps going and so then Barnabas goes to Cyprus with John Mark, and Paul uh, took Silas to Asia Minor. And, and so then God providentially redirected Paul and Silas to Greece to bring the gospel to Europe. And Paul just keeps going. You know, he just keeps preaching the gospel. Opposition from out, preach the gospel. Yeah. Opposition from within, preach the gospel. Physical trials, preach the gospel. Spiritual warfare, preach the gospel. And then at Philippi, the missionary team is beaten and thrown in prison. Once again, and not only do they keep preaching the gospel, what do they do in the jail?
0: They have revival.
1: I mean, straight straight up up Elvis style. Yeah. The Jailhouse Rock. Straight up revival. The first Jailhouse Rock. The first Jailhouse Rock was not from Elvis. It was from Paul and Silas. That's true. At midnight, at the darkest hour. And they just chill. Like, they don't even run. And and they just start singing praises. Yeah. Like, just like in your story, right? Just they start worshiping God. And then the jailhouse rock, the earthquake breaks the chains. The doors of the cell are open. They're free. And he's like, no, we ain't going anywhere. Yeah. They're just chilling. Yeah. We're just here. Yeah. Let's just keep preaching the gospel, see what God's doing. Man, you. We're, we're going to be here yeah. until God leads us elsewhere. That's right. And so we've been put here, and
0: uh, so our chains are broken, but we ain't trying to do anything to get y'all killed. I mean, if I'm doing a, you know, personal reflection, thought, moment, my chains break, the door's open. I'm out. I'm going. I'm running. I mean, I'm Harrison Ford style. Yeah. The fugitive. Yeah, I'm i gone. Like, I'd
1: color my hair, but I don't have any, so yeah. I'd have to grow some. But yeah, <laughs> color um, of the beard, shave yeah. something. I mean, I'm, I, I'm getting out of there. You know. The, but had he done that, guess what? The Philippian jailer and the family would have died. Would have died, and then they and would they would have died have, apart from Christ, right? Because right.
0: what led them to Christ was the fact that he that stayed. He stayed, and then he was like, "Man, this is this is different. This is something is something's happening here." Yeah, and it was an open opportunity.
1: Yeah. And then, of course, Paul goes on to Athens and then he preaches at Mars Hill. He's in Georgia? uh, No, not that Athens. But, uh, and then he preaches at Mars Hill and, like, he stands there and basically says, You fools are worshiping idols, knowing that, like, he was standing in the presence of people that could just straight up slaughter him. Yeah. Like, aggressively involved and ingrained in false worship of false gods. And he proclaimed the only true God who they could know and worship without man-made idols. And again, the response was much the same as the response he had been getting. Some believed. It's kind of like what we talked about Sunday, right? Some believe, yeah, but others get mad. Right. And some get mad enough to do something about it. And then I can't help but just appreciate his third missionary journey where he continues preaching the gospel, God can, uh, continues to confirm the message and uh, provides him with some abilities to to do some things that are just really miraculous. I, but I love the story about Eutychus. You know the story of Eutychus? Yeah, don't fall asleep when the pastor's preaching. That's what the story of Eutychus teaches you. Uh, Paul's preaching a long sermon. And by the way, if you ever think that the sermon is too long, you better go to Acts chapter 20, because it says that Paul was still preaching at midnight, and old Eutychus fell asleep and fell out the window and died. And so the, the moral of the story Don't is' sit next to the window. Yeah, no, it's don't fall asleep (laughs) when the preacher's preaching because you might just die. But uh, anyway, no, I don't think that's the point of the story at all. But he died, and so Paul brings him back to life through the power of God and uh, just continues (laughs) to preach the gospel. And so, uh, you know, just Paul going over and over and over, just example after example, of someone that was totally sold out to the mission of the church and to preach and teach the gospel. And he gets to the end of his third missionary journey, and he knew he was going to be in prison and probably killed soon. And so his final words to the church at Ephesus, man, what a display of raw emotion. Acts chapter 20, verses 18 through 25. I'm going to look it up because I've got to read it. And by the way, if a pastor ever gets up and says, I'd like to share something from Acts chapter 20, verses 18 through 25, they're leaving the church. That's, I mean, that's a goodbye verse. So if you ever hear a pastor get up and he says, I want to read from Acts 20, uh, he's leaving. Like I I preached through Acts one time and I felt like I needed to turn in my resignation after I preached the sermon. (laughs) I mean, it was just bad. Like it's just a very emotional passage of scripture where Paul basically says, look, I have followed God everywhere that he's led me. And I've done what he's called me to do. And now I'm going to continue to follow him to the next place, my next destination. And it's such an emotional way to say goodbye. I mean, listen to this. Acts 20, I've got to read it. Uh, Acts 20, let me look it up on my phone here. It says, and when they had come to him in verse 18, he said to them, you know, from the first day that I came to Asia in what manner I always lived among you, serving the Lord with all humility with many tears and trials, which happened to me by plotting of the Jews, how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance towards God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And see now, I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of grace of God, of the grace of God. And so Paul says, I know that more trials and tribulations are coming, but I'm just going to continue to follow God wherever he leads. And then in verse 25, I mean, talk about a gut punch. He says this, and indeed... Now I know that you all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God will see my face no more. Dang it. That's rough. Yeah. That's like listening to a good depressing country song. You know, it's free,
0: just Q free bird.
1: Yeah, it's just it's it's good for your soul uh to really wrestle with those raw emotions. But uh that's rough, man. Yeah, you know. Paul basically says, I poured my heart out for you. I love you. I was here for a season, but God's done with me. And you're probably never going to see me again. Thanks, Paul. Keep preaching the gospel. Right. And he just kept going. Right. But, But the purpose of all of the missionary journeys was the same. Yeah. To preach the gospel, to proclaim God's message of hope. Through Jesus and Jesus alone.
0: And then also, the gospel above all. Yeah. And, and, and two, not only was his obedience seen and impacted then, but today. Yeah. Through all of the scriptures and all of the stories and all the letters and just so many opportunities for us to see and to learn and to grow and to connect to the Father. And so like huge impactful ministry physically and spiritually in following God anywhere in that day and time, but also throughout generations and generations and generations yeah, and generations and generations, That's you know, like just continuing on. And and that's because that's what God, that's how God works, that's what God does with faithfulness, and that's what God does with people that are obedient. You never know the seeds that you're sowing mm. when you're following God. Yeah, sure. Not saying that we'll necessarily, you know, be the next Paul, yeah. you know. But... I hope
1: not, because I'd like to travel and see the world, do some good snorkeling, but I don't. I don't really want to go from church to church and... Have to rebuild relationships every time I go somewhere. I mean, I want a long tenured. Hey, we've got a long term vision, right? Right. We talked about this. We want to. We want to see God do big things. Go on some mission trips, maybe. But but let's not just continually be going (laughs) from place to place and planning church after church and continuing to say change remembered (laughs) to continue to say over and over again. Yeah, you're probably never going to see my face again. Yeah. Like, that's depressing. <laughs> right. But he was willing to do it, yeah. because that's what God had for him, and it's a little different now. Sure. You know, we, uh, uh, here in in the western side of the world, um, you know, for the most part, the gospel has been dispersed. Um, uh, there's still places that, that need to hear the gospel, but uh, for the most part, we've... You know we've done well in spreading the the message of the gospel, sure. and with technology and things like that, of course the the message continues to go out. But uh, there's still a lot of people that have not heard the name of Jesus. Yeah. Last mission trip I went on, we met people that had never heard the name. Yeah. I like never even heard the name. Yeah. Not that they hadn't heard the gospel. They didn't not, even know who Jesus. Th- they was. didn't even know who he was. Yeah. Like
0: what? There's still people like that. And you didn't go to, like, some like hole in the wall under a rock, right? You were in India. Uh, That's pretty
1: deep into the
0: like recessed parts of India. Yeah, but yeah,
1: Um, but there's still work to do. Yeah. So let's uh, let's let's talk, and I know we got to wrap up, but um, let's talk about some of the highlights of these stories. So the first one, I think that is a common theme, is that. These men of God, we didn't have any women of God. We talked about that last time. We did. We didn't have a, a female story. We'll have to invite Lauren on. She can t- give us a female story. Absolutely. Courtney can give us a female story or something. Yeah. But, uh, sorry, ladies. Um, but these men of God, the the common theme for all of them was they were willing to follow God in the face of great opposition. Yeah. Uh, in, in the face of great adversity. Uh amid great challenges, and they didn't let any of the obstacles keep them from doing what God had called them to do. And and I think that's huge, because following God is typically not the easiest of things to do. Right? I mean, He calls us out of our comfort zone. He calls us into situations where we have to depend on Him, and we have to trust in Him, and, and be willing to do what He calls us to do. And uh, sometimes those are those things are difficult. Even when we're talking about, and we're going to talk a lot more about specifics, but just the basic day to day things He calls us to do, they're not easy. Yeah, because we live in a world that completely opposes those things. I mean, it gives us a message that is the polar opposite of the message of the gospel and, and the teachings of God's Word. So uh, that's one big one that sticks out to me, is just willing to, to stand firm in the face of great adversity and opposition and, and follow God uh, even when it's extremely difficult.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think a, a big one for us to to kind of go out on is that a lot of a lot of these moments started with prayer. Mm, and, yeah. and so when, when we look at following God in our daily lives, it starts with prayer. It starts with that connection and that, that knowing God, and that starts with that conversation and that daily dialogue and that, that being down uh, on our face, on our knees before God. And, uh, and so I think that that's... Um, Except for the Apostle Paul... His started with murdering Christians, yeah. but I think
1: we should start with
0: prayer instead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it transitioned to prayer when he got to that aspect of his life, but yes. Um, and a total redemption story there, um, but, you know, just... Adrian um, Rogers would
1: say it like this, God saved him from the guttermost to the uttermost.
0: Exactly, exactly. And he had all
1: those sayings, and uh, Adrian Rogers, I think, might have
0: preached with the voice of God, literally. <laughs> So, um, but you know, that, that is just one of those things where one of the reasons he was able to do what he did was because he was so connected to God. There's no way you do what he did. There's no way you accomplish the ministry that, you know, he built and the helping establish the church like he did without being connected to the source. Right. Sure. And so, um, but, uh, but so, you know, as we get in like you just said we're going to get in in the next couple of weeks we're going to get in more into the daily following god anywhere and and these stories are are great reminders we've kind of dug in them we've kind of pulled them apart a little bit and seen you know some key things that we can know and learn from them and, uh, and so we're going to apply those in the next coming weeks to some different topics on you know what it looks like to um to follow god anywhere whether it be the way that we think about politics, the way that we trust politicians, those types of things, the way that we live a quote-unquote politically correct life. Um, How do we do that in following God? What does it look like when we do follow God in that aspect? Um, You know, different uh, other areas as far as like our finances, parenting, just a lot of cool things coming up. Marriage, dating, um, a lot of things coming up that are going to be day-to-day things on how to follow God. So Um, Hopefully these stories have given you an insight to that and kind of given you a springboard into applying prayer and trust and faith into your
1: daily lives. Hey, I've been applying the principle of following God anywhere with great opposition and Mm. resistance for a long time as I cheer my Arkansas Razorbacks on. I knew
0: it was coming. (laughs) Yeah.
1: If anybody knows how to continue on, in the face of great adversity, it's a Razorback fan. That's true. Uh, they have not done well. No. But, you know, brighter days. Brighter days ahead. Ahead, maybe. The best is always yet
0: to come yeah. for the Christian. Yeah. Maybe not the Razorback not the- fan. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us. You got anything else? That's it. All right. See you next time. See you next time.